It's time once again for our JDSA Law Talk with the good folks over at JDSA Law. Now, when you hear the legal term spousal maintenance, what comes to mind? Whether you've been through a divorce or know someone who has, spousal maintenance is one aspect that may result. Here to help us make sense of this once again, we're again speaking with Michael Vanier of JDSA Law. Michael, good to talk to you again. Good to see you, Clint. Yes, good to have you in here in the studio. So let's talk definitions first. So what exactly is spousal maintenance? Well, spousal maintenance is when one spouse pays support, financial support to the other spouse. And typically that happens when one spouse is in need of spousal maintenance and the other has the ability to pay spousal maintenance. And the whole point of spousal maintenance is basically to try to maintain some equilibrium for both spouses after the split? Right. Um, And spousal maintenance is typically reserved for marriages that have been going on for some time. If you're looking at a two or three year marriage, then there's not likely to be any spousal maintenance, even on a temporary basis. All right. What are are the different types of spousal maintenance? Because I'm assuming there's not just one kind. Well, really, there only is one kind. I mean, it's called spousal maintenance or spousal support. And uh, that's differentiated from child support. Child support happens when You've got one parent that's the primary parent, and the non-primary parent then has to pay support to okay. that parent. But are there different types there? Well, um, there. <laughs> I, I guess it, you can break it down this way. You can get temporary spousal maintenance, and that's at the outset of a divorce case where a court enters temporary orders, and that includes things like a temporary parenting plan, mm-hmm. uh, temporary child support, temporary maintenance, and what happens is that at the end of the case, either by agreement or by the court ruling after a trial, then there are final orders or permanent orders that are put in place, which when it comes to spousal support is a bit of a misnomer because spousal support rarely is permanent. Um, so there's a, so quote unquote permanent alimony happens in what, very rare cases? It, it is in very rare cases and it's reserved for situations where you've got a long-term marriage and um, you're basically at the end of a person's work life. The receiving spouse um, is, is maybe in his or her late 50s and it doesn't make sense for that person to go back to school and get marketable job skills. And so in, in that situation, what will happen is that the paying spouse will typically pay until um, age of retirement, which is kind of considered permanent spousal support. So what about the type of situation where one spouse says, I worked my fingers to the bone while my spouse was going through, you name it, law school, medical school, whatever. They just graduated and they ran off with X, Y, Z and we're getting a divorce. Can they come back and and basically get compensated for that essentially? Well, they can. Um, And basically what the court is uh, permitted to do is to make any um, decision that it thinks is fair and equitable. Okay. And and so if you've got a situation where one spouse has been working and um, that benefits the spouse, spouse that, that gains, let's say, a, a medical degree, then that's worth a lot of money to, to the other spouse. So well, yeah. yeah. The, the spouse that's been supporting this freshly minted doctor is going to likely get some spousal maintenance. Um, but it depends on the length of the marriage uh, as to how long 
the spousal support will be received. Now, we all know that every relationship is different, and frankly, every dissolution of a relationship is different with different factors and different causes and all of that. But at the same time, there has to be some criteria or rubric that the courts use when they're trying to determine that. So what factors exactly help determine what amount will be awarded? Well, there, there are a number of factors that the court looks at that are found in the statute. And um, the court can consider all or none of those. Like I say, it has broad discretion in deciding uh, how much spousal maintenance should be paid. But I think the key factors are the length of the marriage, especially when you've got one spouse that has been the stay-at-home mom, usually is the case, and that person has sacrificed their career. In those circumstances, if it's a long-term marriage, the court will try and put the spouses in a roughly equal financial position for the rest of their lives. And if that means spousal support until the paying spouse retires, then that's going to happen. Now, equals different. Are we talking because usually that stay-at-home parent usually gets the kids? So are we talking about equal income or equal discretionary income? Because chances are that parent that's dealing with the kids full-time has less money to spend at the end of the month than that parent that basically has to look after themselves. Right. And with a long-term marriage like that, usually the kids are gone. They're out of the home. So that, that, that kind of changes things. But in terms of the factors that the court looks at, I mean, it looks at uh, the income level of each spouse. Um, It also looks at future income earning potential. And it looks at the physical ability, the emotional condition, because sometimes uh, people suffer severe depression and don't have the ability to work. And that's something that the court can look at. Uh, uh, The court also looks at the standard of living that was enjoyed during the marriage. If there's a high standard of living, then the court is going to try as best they can to um, provide for spousal support, which will allow them to each maintain that standard of living. And, and you know, w- one of the key tests that the court uses in deciding whether or not and how much spousal maintenance to order is need and ability to pay. So the court first looks at need, and need is determined by um, looking at reasonable monthly expenses compared to net monthly income. And if there isn't enough net monthly income to pay those expenses, then there's likely going to be spousal maintenance. But the court also has to look at the second part of that test, and that's ability to pay. Does the paying spouse have ability to pay? And that's determined by whether or not their net monthly income exceeds their reasonable expenses. It's our JDSA Law Talk with Michael Vanier of JDSA Law. If people have uh, questions, they want to talk with you further about this or any other issue leading to family law, where can they get a hold of you? They can call me at 662-3685 or send me an email. My email address is Mike V, as in Victor, at jdsalaw.com. This has been your JDSA Law Talk. Mike, thanks so much. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Clint.